This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. You bet. It is the Employment Law Show, and welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Come inside, come inside. So good to have you here on the Employment Law Show, whether you're good pals in Calgary, Edmonton, or Vancouver. Always ready to take your calls and get you on air and talk to us over the next hour. John Scholes here alongside side, of course, Lior Samfiru, employment lawyer, Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. We are ready to go. we got a busy show today. The main topic is going to be your employer is probably making these mistakes. We'll run down the list and maybe some of these will sound familiar if you're either an employee or an employer for that matter. A chance for you to correct them when you hear the definition and the reason why they're making those mistakes. But again, you can always interject and become part of the show. We'd love to get you on air with us. And that number toll free all the time, one 877 And to reach out to Lior and his crew anytime. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and 1-855-821-5900. We'll give you some more contact throughout the show, but we are ready to rock and roll, my friend. What do you got going on today for the week that was? Hey, John, always employment law. That's what I have, of course, and and that's what we're going to do today like we do every week to inform the masses, so to speak, on Mm -hmm. employment law, to try to ensure that you're understanding what your workplace rights are. It's always important that you know the law. It's always important to know what to do if you're facing a workplace issue. If your boss is implementing a new policy, you know, you're not, they're not going to pay you if you're traveling to work. They're not going to uh, give bonuses anymore. What does that mean? Can they do that? How do you respond? Uh, we can go on. There's so many things we can discuss. So if any of this sounds familiar, if you're an issue, if you're dealing with an issue right now, dealing with your workplace rights, Please call us. Give us a chance to help you. You'll be helping many others that are listening just by calling this show. So do it for yourself. Do it for them. And make sure that tomorrow and next week is a better week than last week, at least at work. That's what we do. And the next step in that, of course, is you can reach out to me in the office anytime you want. You can call. You can email. And we can continue the discussion beyond this show. But right now we are live. And let me start with a couple situations that came across my desk. Uh, I had spoken with the lady who uh, called me very upset and, and frankly angry. And what happened with her is uh, several weeks back, she had went, she had gone to HR and she complained about harassment and bullying by a colleague. And we'll talk more about harassment later, but she did exactly the right thing, exactly what I would have told her to do. Tell them, tell them in writing, speak to them, make sure they understand what's going on and give them the opportunity to resolve the, the, the matter. So HR says, okay, we're going to investigate and we'll get back to you. So fast forward a couple of weeks. Now it's three weeks later. She hasn't heard anything. She's fine. Okay. And then finally she gets called into a meeting. She's like, okay, thank God. Now I'm going to get a chance to meet and discuss what this investigation uncovered and hopefully deal with this harassment issue. No, not exactly what's happened. In this meeting, she's told that she's being let go for quote unquote business reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, not no word is said about this harassment the investigation. She's just let go. And of course, she calls me, as I said, upset and angry and wanting to know what her rights are. So listen, you don't have to be uh, particularly clairvoyant. You don't have to be uh, an expert in law to, to understand that this is wrong. It's obvious that the termination had something to do with her harassment allegations because nothing else had transpired since and it's illegal. It's completely and utterly illegal to let someone go because they're harassed or because they're asking the company to intervene and deal with that harassment. You can't do that. That could be a violation of several statutes. 
not legal, not something that they can do. So regardless of any severance, by the way, they also completely underpaid her on severance, but put that aside for a second, even the issue of, of the termination itself is just not legal. So this company dropped the ball. What they should have done, of course, is investigate and, and deal with this harassment allegations completely and properly and hopefully rectify the issue. Instead, they decided to try to get rid of the issue by firing the person that complained. Can't do that. That's illegal. And John, I can tell you right now that I'm going to be involved. Yeah, there's going to be some consequences to that. Love it. Again, guys, uh, calling through with any of these matters or anything else, this is your hour, one 399 What's the second matter you got going on? Spoke with a gentleman who uh, got some some good news at work. Uh, he was being promoted, and he's actually nice. been vying for this promotion for a while. He was happy. You know, he'd been with this employer for many years, over 15 years, and he got that promotion. Company says, okay, promotion starting in a few weeks. We need you to sign this employment agreement now. He, though, is, guess what, John, a regular listener of our show. Mm -hmm. So as soon as he saw that employment agreement, some alarm bells started ringing. So he did the thing that I've been telling everyone to do for the longest time. He sent me a copy of that agreement. He wanted me to take a peek at it and say, is this something you should that I should be worried about? Absolutely. I reviewed it, John. And, of course, it had a term limiting his severance. Let's, let's put it this way. If he had signed this and down the road he was let go, Instead of getting maybe 18 months of severance, he'd be looking at probably eight weeks of wow. severance. So he would have been giving up tens and tens of thousands of dollars. So I told him, don't sign. He went to the company and he said, you know what? I'm not comfortable signing this. This is not cool at all. This is not fair. And after a couple of days, company comes back to him and says, fair enough. Okay, we're, we don't need you to sign this. Your pro promotion is yours and you can, you can start that promotion as we said. Excellent ending, all's well that ends well here. Uh, it worked out great for him, but I'm so happy for him that he called me. If he had signed this thinking, hey, I got the promotion, everything else looks good, I'll sign this piece of paper, at some point he would have regretted this in a big way. So remember, just like he did, if your employer all of a sudden comes to you and asks you to sign a new employment agreement, be very worried about it. There's a good reason why they want you to do, to sign that agreement, and it's not to provide you with a better deal. It's not to make things better for you, the employee. It's because it's better for the employer. It could cost you a lot of money down the road. So before you go off and sign it thinking that you, you should, let me see it. Send it to me. Let's talk about it. I can tell you if it does something, what does it do, and should you sign? We can even talk about negotiating it. In this case, it worked out really well for him. So Keep that in mind and don't make the mistake of signing that agreement. Yeah, and that, that particular, uh, you know, uh, severance, that eight-week severance limitation outlined in that uh, employment agreement, I mean, it stinks now, but say he works there for another 15 years. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah, now, now instead of, you know, two years pay plus, he's still limited to eight weeks. And, yeah. you know, whether you're earning $30,000 a year or $300,000 a year, it's going to be a lot of money, that difference. And only because you put your signature on a piece of paper. So you're right, John. It would have been a big mistake, and thankfully, it worked out great for him. Do like he did. Send those agreements uh, before you sign anything. Pen to paper to Lior. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. For any other matters, by the way, you can reach out through that email. We'll try to get to some of those emails a little later on the show today. But the phone lines are open and ready for you toll-free. Bring it on. Let's have your calls. we got open lines. we got lots of time. one 399 
9898. Okay, your employer is probably making these mistakes. Well, there's one, just sending you an employment agreement, expecting you to sign it. There's there's a big one. But number two is this, fires for cause or suspends an employee because of their vaccine status. Yes, they're still doing this in 2023. They are still doing this. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I see this awesome, uh, this thing almost every week now, like, you know, a year ago, I'd be seeing it several times a day. So now mm. it's kind of down to once a week that I see it. But I still see employers that uh, are either letting people go or suspending them because of their vaccine status or refusing to bring employees back to work, uh, that employees that have been off work for a while, again, because of their vaccine status. So let's be very, very, very clear. Can't happen. Okay. Not legal. Yeah. Okay. In most cases, if your employer now decides that you should be off work, you shouldn't be working, you should be let go because of your vaccine status, that triggers a termination without cause, meaning you are owed compensation. You are owed severance. They don't have a right to let you go without that compensation. They don't have a right to just put you off work unpaid. Can't do that. And that's even more so true right now. You know, a year and a half, two years ago when the vaccines first came out, there was some confusion as to whether or not they, they stopped transmission or not. So right now, you know, even our courts have recognized that, that we know more now than we did back mm-hmm. then. We know that yeah. even though vaccines are excellent and protecting individuals, they ultimately are not going to stop that transmission. So there's no reason for the employer to decide that you can't work if you're not vaccinated. So and this is the courts saying that, not just me. Uh, and because of that, that's a huge mistake employers make. And they're not realizing that they're creating this liability there. They're going to have to pay this severance. So it's okay to decide ultimately if you only want to hire vaccinated people. You can do that as long as you also make an allowance for people that have religious and and medical exemptions. But to have existing employees put them off work unpaid, John, that's a mistake that employers are still making today. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. We are back. Thanks for hanging on through the break. John Scholes here and, of course, Lior Sanfiru, employment lawyer, and uh, giving you all the answers. You want to reach out anytime to Lior when we're not doing the show you can one 821 5900 have that private conversation with a member of Lior's team or himself help at employmentlawyer.ca and then the website constructed just for you to get smarter and get some knowledge and also have access to the free severance calculator used by over 2 million of us 2 million of you that you do that at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and your phone calls we're ready to go lines are open bring it on got the remainder of the hour to ask your questions toll free one 399 9898, we just got into our uh, topic for the show today. That is, your employer's probably making these mistakes. Number two is this, doesn't properly investigate and resolve workplace harassment issues. Massive no-no. Yeah, massive. And, and we talked about that at the beginning of the show, but the mm-hmm. week that was. And that is a mistake that employers make. Oftentimes, because maybe they don't know any better, oftentimes maybe they think it's just too much of a pain to do that. And it's a huge mistake. Employers don't have a choice here, John. Employers have the legal, not just the moral obligation, but the legal obligation to investigate harassment complaints. They have to. It's not an option. They don't get a say here. So if they become aware of harassment, by the way, even if it's not a formal complaint, they become aware through someone, they have to investigate and they have to take measures to to deal with it. They can't say, well, uh, Joanne didn't come officially, told us, we heard about it through someone else, we can ignore it. Can't do that either. Harassment is a very big deal in the workplace. And employers that don't treat it as a big deal, 
They don't properly investigate. They don't take measures to rectify that. They don't have proper policies to deal with the conduct in the workplace uh, are going to have consequences. You know, the law doesn't take favorably to that. And, you know, some 12 years or so years ago, there's across Canada, there's some major, major push on legislation to deal with those issues. There could be violation of occupational health and safety legislation, employment standards legislation, human rights legislation. So that is not a mistake that employers want to make. So if an employer becomes aware of harassment, take it seriously, investigate uh, and, and do what you need to do, rectify it and have good policies in place. And if you're an employee, you should always know that you should complain. You should tell your employer. Legally, they cannot fire you. If they do, there's going to be very big consequences. So always advocate for yourself. And if you need my help to do that, always happy to help as well. Again, guys, toll free, one 399 the number to get on air and talk to us. We'll get to Andrew, who's been standing by for uh, for a moment. Hey, Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you, pal? Good. How are you guys? Beauty. What's on your mind? Uh, I just had a question. My girlfriend I worked in the hospitality industry for over 20 years. She was at this one place of business for eight years. Uh, they have a criteria for letting staff go of three write-ups. And they let her go without any write-ups. There was one, like, minor incident. But there was a bit of temperament there with the staff. And what she was wondering, is there any recourse, even though it's been over a year? It's been over a year, but less than two, uh, Andrew? Yeah, it's been less than two. So, yes, absolutely, because there's a two-year limitation period. So, thankfully, uh, we're still fine there. So... Unless what she did is terrible, unless what she did is awful, so, you know, she she was violent, she threatened violence, unless it's something to, at that level, uh, Nothing and they like let that. her go, then, then they have to pay her severance. They can still let her go, right? They don't need uh, a good reason to let her go as long as they pay severance. The reason comes in if they wanted to avoid having to pay her severance. So she's worked for eight years uh, in the hospitality industry. How, uh, how old is your, uh, your girlfriend there? She's 45, but she's been 20 years in the hospitality industry, eight years at that specific place. Yeah, so it's eight years. So what matters is for this employer. So she's in her yep. 40s. So she'd probably be looking in, you know, about eight to nine months of seven. She's kind of one of those month per year uh, individuals with, with those uh, stats. So that's what's at stake for her, Andrew. You know, eight, nine, even potentially a bit more months of severance. So what she needs to do is she needs to give me a call at the office. We'll give you that number in just a second. Let me chat with yeah. her. I want to find out more about her job, her compensation, exactly what happened. And we'll get to work to make sure she gets that compensation. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate that, pal. I'm going to give you that number again. I'll uh, echo it out throughout the uh, rest of the show as well. one 821 1-855-821-5900. Moving on down to Karen, who's been standing by as well. Karen, thank you so much for taking the time as well. How are you today? I'm good. Um, I had a small business with three employer employees. Uh, one was there for seven years, three years, and one year. And I sold the business, and he took over the employees. And when I called Alberta Labor Standards, they said I was not responsible for severance, but he was, if he lets them go after, because they continued in employment. Is that correct? Yes, that is absolutely correct. So if they continued, then they, they, their employment is deemed by law to be continuous. It was never interrupted. And that means that if uh, he ever lets them go, he has to pay them severance. They would account for the time that they had with you as well. 
but that's between him and the employees. If they've continued working, you don't have uh, the obligation to pay any severance at this point. Okay, because, see, the girl on the phone even told me I was not allowed to pay them severance. If I said, well, can I give them something? Oh, you can do whatever you want. It's, there's no law says, no, you're not allowed to pay someone. Uh, that, that was a silly comment for anyone to make to you. You absolutely can, um, but do, are you required? Is there a legal obligation? No, but if you decide okay. that, you know, hey, here's a, a thank you severance payment because I appreciated your hard work, uh, I'm sure that would be very much appreciated and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, great. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Karen. Appreciate that, and enjoy the rest of uh, of your weekend. Now, the the flip side of that, Lior, is uh, if if one or more of those employees, those three employees, decided not to carry on with the new owner, how does that play out? So, if they decide not to carry on with the um, uh, with these employees, uh, with the employer, mm-hmm. new employer, the question is why. If they have a good reason, for example, the new employer is going to hire them for less money or a different location, then Karen, the seller, would actually have to pay them their full severance. If they didn't have a good reason, they just felt like, you know what, we just don't want to work there, so we're just not going to do it, Karen would still have to pay them a severance, but not their full severance, only their minimum entitlements. So if you're an employee and the business is sold and you decide not to continue working, you're offered a job with the buyer, you decide not to do it, depending on whether you have a good reason for that or not, you're going to get severance. It may be your full or, or, or your minimum, but severance will still be owed to you in that situation. So basically, as an employee, if you walk through the door the first day with a new employer, now you're their responsibility, right? You're their responsibility. And and yeah. for the employees, I'll say, you know, going back to what we talked before, employment agreements, if you're yep. going to start a job with the buyer, you want to make sure they don't have you sign an employment agreement that gives up certain rights, that doesn't recognize your past service, that limits your future severance. So you want to keep that in mind. Now, if we're going to put our employer hat on in the same situation. If I'm talking to an employer, I'm saying, yeah, you do want to have the employee sign an employment agreement. So depending on your perspective, employee or employer, that employment agreement certainly becomes very important. Again, we're talking about in between the phone calls, which by the way, you can continue, make them, bring them on toll free 1-877-399-9898. Mistakes that your employer could be probably making one time or another puts employees on a temporary layoff for business reasons. Big one. Big one. It's been a massive one over the last couple of years with the pandemic, but it's honestly been always a massive one and and will always continue to be a massive one because there's a huge misunderstanding there uh, by employers. The belief is, well, if I had a good business reason, I can just put an employee off on a temporary layoff. It's temporary. I'm not letting them go. I'm going to bring them back. Not legal. Okay, can't do that. That is a mistake employers make. The law recognizes that that type of a situation results in a termination. We call that a constructive dismissal. So an employer cannot do that. The employee can choose to consider that temporary layoff as a termination. And, you know, I love using this example because here's how this works and here's why it's a, it's a termination. If the employer didn't put on the employee on a temporary layoff, the employer simply says, you know what, for business reasons, we're going to reduce your pay by 50%, five zero. <laughs> well, clearly... Everyone would feel, well, that can't be right. That's not legal, 50%. And you're right, it's not legal. Well, what's a temporary layoff? Temporary layoff is a 100% reduction in pay. So if 50% is not legal, which it's not, certainly 100% is not. So no, big mistake employers make. Don't make that mistake. 
That is a constructive dismissal, John. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back to it. And uh, we're set to go here. More of your phone calls. Always got them lined up and you're good to call in. We love giving you some answers and making you that much smarter. Every hour this show is on. How do you do it? Toll free, one 877 98 bring it on pete thank you so much for hanging through the break pal how are you today good thanks excellent what's on your mind oh thanks for having me on a uh, question you about bet. non-compete clause um was recently let go this week um and there's a non-compete clause in the uh, the release that i'm asked to sign um totally appreciate not competing against the company's existing or past clientele um but i provide a pretty specific service for a, pre- a specific industry and I'm wondering how enforceable it is to keep me from earning a living doing the thing that I'm good at doing. So tell me this, Pete, uh, your position, are you uh, in an executive or senior in your management role? No, uh, strategist role. Okay. So for the vast majority of people, those non-competes are are not enforceable. Uh, Usually they would only be enforceable for very senior individuals where the company could really be hurt in a significant way if the person uh, goes to work for for a competitor. So for most people, they're not enforceable. Frankly, they're not even worth the paper they're written on for most people. But that's not the end of the analysis. And, And what I mean by that is it's very easy for me to say, yeah, it's not enforceable. But what happens if your former employer tries to enforce them because you went and you worked for somewhere else, uh, you know, for a competitor of there. Well, they'll take legal action against you. They'll sue you, right? Well, and actually, yes. I should, I should yeah. clarify, the non-compete doesn't say that I can't be employed by someone else in the industry. It says that I can't start my own consultancy specifically providing those services. So that is st- that is still a, a form of non-compete. So it would still not be enforceable. So let's, let's you go with that. So let's say you do start your own consulting service uh, and which you, you can, well, what happens if that, that former employer sues you? I can tell you that, yes, you will ultimately win that lawsuit, but it will still be uh, an unpleasant process and certainly an expensive one. So you ultimately have to decide whether you wish to engage in that, in that process or, or whether or not you're willing to take the risk. Now, I have no idea who your former employer is and whether they're going to likely do that, but I've certainly seen it happen. Now, here's something else then to consider. You said you've been let go. So let me find out a bit more about your your severance package that they've offered you because it's mm-hmm. possible to negotiate a, a new severance package that, number one, deals with your actual severance payments and also deals with this non-compete and, and, and negotiates a release from that non-compete obligation just so you don't have that headache anymore. So let's okay. break this down, Pete. How long did you work for this employer? Three years. Three years, okay. And you told me a bit about about that role and the strategist role. And how old are you, Pete? 51. So someone in your situation, you'd probably be looking, you know, seven, eight, maybe even nine months of severance, somewhere in that range. What did they offer you? Three weeks, one week per year. Well, there you go. Uh, So, so, you know, you're on the, on your worst day, you'd be owed six months, your worst day. And you're probably closer to that eight, maybe even nine months so you've been wrongfully dismissed even before we talk about this non-compete. So that's the bad news. But the good news is you have these entitlements and it's not difficult to, number one, negotiate your severance. And here's how I look at this. So I say you're owed seven, eight, nine months severance. Well, what, what we can say in theory is say, well, tell you what, 
we'll accept a bit less. We'll accept five or six months, but we also want to release from a non-compete because we're giving you that discount. So we can negotiate a, 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 a new package. And number one, provides you with proper severance. And number two, eliminates that non-compete headache. So what I want you to do, Pete, is I want you to connect with me off air. Let's get to work to do that. You should absolutely not sign that offer. Number one, there's the non-compete. Number two, three weeks is, is silly compared to what you're actually owed. So let's connect off air and, and let's, uh, let's make sure that we deal with this properly. Sounds good. Pete, thanks, pal. Appreciate the time. Here's that number, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 to reach out. And there's also the email, help at employmentlawyer.ca. You see? Do you see why we do this show? It is just that simple. Three weeks and a non-compete. What a terrible, terrible package. Yeah. Can you imagine? So, number one, they want him to accept, I don't know, uh, uh, a tenth of what he's <laughs> owed. And number two, by the way, now you can't work you can't work or, or, or do what you want to for a year or two years, however long that non-compete is. Yeah. It is terrible. Now, do you understand why I say always do not sign off on that offer? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you may well have entitlements, and you probably do, that are significantly greater than what you've been offered. And in Pete's situation, had he actually accepted this, that would have been a very bad situation. Very, very bad. So he didn't, thankfully, and, and I look forward to chatting with him. I'm willing to wager that was part of the uh, that's probably the best phone call Pete made all week. You could do the same thing because we still got lots of time, right? So uh, so bring it on, get some answers, have a chat with us. Toll free one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. And that wasn't a planted call because moving into our next uh, topic on the things your employer is probably doing wrong, trying to rely on unenforceable employment agreements. And there's other things right. in that realm beyond that that they try to do, right? Give me some of those. So you know, I'll give you kind of the biggest one and. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked already that one thing, one big thing that an employment agreement can try to do uh, is limit your future severance. And uh, yeah, oftentimes employers want that, right? They want, well, wait a second, we can have a new employee, we're hiring them, sign an employment agreement, and uh, it's going to limit their severance. We can save a lot of money. Okay. Except what our courts have said is if you're going to try to limit severance through that employment agreement, that employment agreement has to be drafted in a very specific way. It has to say certain things in a certain sequence. And if it doesn't do those things, then it's not enforceable. It doesn't actually limit someone's severance. So a mistake that employers make is they have employment agreements that are not properly drafted. They don't properly limit severance. And they try to use them to limit severance, to, to rely on them, thinking, well, they're fine, we're sure. So they didn't do their job properly to have them properly drafted. Maybe they found something online through Google. Maybe they were draft they were drafted for them 20 years ago and they think they're still good now, which of course they're not. So I see that very, very often. So let's talk about it from the perspective of the employer and the perspective mm-hmm. of the employee. For the employer to avoid this mistake, make sure you have your employment agreements drafted by someone that knows what he or she is doing. And you have them drafted and, and revised regularly because the law changes. The law today is not the same that it was five years ago, and it's not the same it's going to be five years from now. So have them updated and, and drafted properly. For an employee, this is important. Don't assume that just because your employment agreement tries to limit your entitlements, that it actually does that effectively. Oftentimes, employees say, well, I, I realized that I made a mistake. I signed this employment agreement, it limits my severance, so now I have to accept this bad severance offer. Well, not so fast. 
You may have signed an employment agreement that, that tries to limit your severance, but there's a good chance that it actually doesn't do that. And therefore, you're still owed your full severance. So definitely a mistake that employers make often. They have these employment agreements that are no longer enforceable. Try to rely on them. They don't update them. Uh, it's a mistake and good, good for employees also to keep that in mind. And I, th- I think to your point, I think they, when you know when you say you know get them drafted by someone who knows what they're doing, I think you got to put a real narrow focus on that. Saying you know might, you might just have a, a lawyer on call who's a jack of all trades lawyer, but they'll, they'll probably get it wrong. I know we always use the uh, we always use the comparison that if you need a knee replacement, you're not going to go to an ear, nose, and throat guy. Yes, they're both doctors. Yes, they're both bright. They both have degrees, but one of them's not qualified to make that knee replacement. But they're both doctors, right? So you got to go to the right it lawyer, is, i.e., you. It is very right? true, it, it, and you know, you know absolutely because it can get very technical how to draft yep. these agreements and you know you have to stay up to date on the law because you know every court decision changes things a bit so before that we could draft it this way now the courts have no you have to also say this and unless you're you're dealing with the lawyer that knows what they're doing that this is their bread and butter they're they're up to date with how this law develops you're just not going to have proper enforceable employment agreements uh so extremely important to have that and your your doctor example is is the best example i use that very often you know you're you're not going to go to your family doctor if you need surgery you may go there for a referral but you need a mm-hmm. referral to a surgeon same thing with employment law same thing with many other areas of law so really be smart about that this is a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser the opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of cknw you bet we are back and we still have time for you to join us on air so uh, feel free to call that number it is toll free always 1-877-399-9898 after the show anytime email help at employmentlawyer.ca and reach Lior and his team, 1-855-821-5900. We were talking about, uh, you know, things that you're probably, your employer is probably making these mistakes, probably getting it wrong. And uh, we went through a few of these and, you know, sometimes people, employees have limitations. They have accommodations need to be made, but they don't try hard enough to meet those limitations, especially medical ones, right? It happens all the time, John. I, I, this is very, very common. I see this all the time. Uh, employers just not doing what they're supposed to, not going far enough to provide that accommodation. And let's be very clear here. That duty to accommodate is not necessarily easy to meet. Sometimes it can be difficult. Sometimes it's going to require some uh, creativity, some cost to be spent. But the reality is that's what the law says you have to do as an employer. If an employee has medical restrictions, medical limitations, if they have that backed up through a doctor, well, then you have to find a way to accommodate them if at all possible. That may mean modified duties, modified hours. That may mean giving uh, giving them the flexibility to work from home. Uh, and, you know, the list here is not exhaustive. It, it could absolutely be uh, other things as well. So the mistake that employers make is either they – they don't believe the employee. They question the employee's doctor, which if you think about it, is silly. How can you question a doctor? Hmm. Uh, the other thing is they say, well, you know what? No, this is just too hard. You know, if you needed like a 20-minute flexibility, we can manage. But what you're asking for is too much. We're just not going to do it. No, that's a human rights violation. Can't do that. So you have to find a way to accommodate if at all possible. And if you don't, you're in breach of human rights legislation. That could also be a constructive dismissal, that failure to accommodate. Uh, and very often I have employees calling me saying, well, I, I, I try to go back to work or I just suffered some sort of an injury or medical condition. I try to get help from my employer. And they said, no, they said I have to be off work until I can come back to work with no restrictions. 
not legal okay and there's going to be significant consequences so employees remember that get that doctor's note if you need accommodation if you need support from your employer it's okay to tell them but what you need to do is get the doctor's note that doctor's note is your trump card if you have that that triggers the obligation on the employer to accommodate and if they don't do that again that's a mistake that's illegal you have to give me a call and another mistake that the vast majority of employers have made or are going to make sometime in the future. In fact, it was the reason why we started the show a decade ago, and that is they don't take the time to figure out how much severance they actually owe what is soon to be an ex-employee, right? Well, now we just, we're just talking about the biggest one and, and the most common one. And, you know, the reason why I have all these people uh, calling my office every week, I, you know, the vast majority of them is for that reason. They lost your job and the employer is just not paying them proper severance. And Oftentimes, yeah, the employer simply has not educated itself as to its own severance obligations. They assume that they know. Or maybe they call the government for advice. You can't call the government for advice when it comes to severance obligations. Call them about overtime. Call them about vacation pay. Absolutely, and you can and you should. But not when it comes to severance because they can't advise you at all about your full obligations. Or if you're an employee, they can't advise you about your full rights and entitlements. So this happens very often, and I see employers, just like with uh, our, our previous call, uh, caller, where he was offered three-week severance after three years, and the employer may have thought, yeah, that's okay, three years, three weeks, kind of sounds right, doesn't it? Except, hmm. no, it's not right, it's not even close. He was owed probably eight months, not weeks, months of severance. So that's a huge mistake, and that's exactly where we get wrongful dismissals. The employer's not getting advice or not understanding how much severance they owe, letting people go without that severance, and all of a sudden they get hit with a wrongful dismissal claim. So understand that if you're an employee, that this is the most common mistake. 90% of employers, 90% of the time when they let people yeah. go, make that mistake. So if you're uh, let go, you you have to assume that your employer has made that mistake. Call me. Let's talk about that. If, even easier than that, if you want, grab your smartphone, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, use our severance calculator. I've made it as easy as possible for someone to find out how much severance they're owed, the real amount. And guess what? It's more than what your employer has offered. Yeah, that severance calculator, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, by the way, is absolutely free and anonymous. It takes about 30 seconds to go through it. And there's so much more uh, information you can glean from that website as well. So feel free to spend some time there. But the number here is still uh, still good to go. We still got a few minutes. Toll free, one 9898 And something else that employers will make the mistake of at some time, and you mentioned this because it could be up in the seventh floor, you know, buried in some drawer somewhere. They don't enforce their own policies. Yeah, so, you know, a policy is only of value if you enforce it. If it's something that people know about and they understand it and you enforce it. If you have a policy and no one really knows about it and you don't enforce it and then one day you decide, well, now I want to enforce it, it doesn't work that way because you've condoned behavior and that's a, a mistake. And then you'll have employees that are doing things you don't want them to do. So for an employer to avoid this mistake is, number one, have proper policies in place, drafted properly. Make sure that they're communicated to people. People know about them, that they've read them, that they understood them. And number three, enforce those policies. Be consistent. Very important to do that. And let's get uh, to Selma, who's been hanging on for a moment. Selma, thank you so much for joining the show today. How are you? Very good, thank you. How are you? Excellent. What's your question? Um, I've been back to work for about two years 
uh, all my injuries have been aggravated. Um, I was put in two different positions. Uh, one of them I, I can handle, but the other one has aggravated to the point that I cannot move my neck anymore. And because I cannot do it, um, they say that uh, if I don't do that position with the other one, then I'm, they will not need me at work. So a few things here for sure. Number one, if this is a workplace type of an injury or an injury that's exacerbated yes. by work, uh, then you need to speak, you're in BC, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you need to speak with WorkSafe BC because they should, they, they need to be able to support you. And then, and if you can't work to get you out of there with compensation to, to help you get treatment, mm-hmm. et cetera. So, so WorkSafe BC. Now, beyond that, uh, if you need accommodation, it's not enough for you to say to your employer, hey, I can't do this job or this is hurting me too much. You need to go to your mm-hmm. doctor and, and explain mm-hmm. to your doctor the situation and have the doctor tell your employer, here's the work that Selma has to do or here's the work that Selma can do and give them that mm-hmm. note. They have to accommodate. Okay. They can't just say, no, we don't have anything. They have to try really, really hard to find a position to provide that accommodation and support. If they don't mm-hmm. do that, if you got that doctor's note and they say, too bad, we're not going to do it, call me. Oftentimes, once okay. I get involved with things, change very quickly, but definitely, definitely get mm-hmm. that doctor's note. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Selma. Appreciate you uh, reaching out. And for more information, if you want to talk to Lior, one 821 We'll sneak in one more call here before we go. That would be Lucas. Lucas, thank you so much for uh, calling in today. How are you, pal? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. What's on your mind? Yeah, so what's on my mind is basically uh, I'm in IT and I work in Alberta. And I have uh, worked for a company for over 10 years just now. And there's a situation where my uh, job could be changing. I'd be, I might be getting forced into a new role. And if I don't accept that, I might get laid off. Um, now, there's somebody in my company that worked for this company for 20 years in a similar position as myself. And the company just offered them uh, potentially 22 weeks severance. So for working for a company uh, for 10 years, I could tell you my salary is uh, within the last uh, five years has fluctuated from 70 to 90,000. Um, what am I owed uh, after 10 years if I do potentially get laid off? 22 weeks seems a little low. So remember, it doesn't matter what the company had offered the person. It matters what that person was actually legally owed. They may have offered him 22 weeks. He probably was owed 24 months. So I really hope that that person got some advice and and that he did something because he would have been owed a lot more than than 22 weeks. Now, in terms of you, after 10 years, you're probably looking at about a year's severance, give or take, you know, depending on your age and the specifics of your job or right around a year's pay. So if... If they let you go, that's something they're allowed to do. They're allowed to let you go, regardless of the reason. But if they don't give you that severance or whatever severance they do offer you, give me a call. We'll make sure that it's right. But for you, I'd be looking at right around a year's uh, severance. Wonderful. Do you mind with a quick follow-up question or do I have time? you got about 10 seconds, man. Bring it on quick. Uh, IT and overtime. IT is considered a central service. In Alberta, they have a right not to pay us overtime. Correct. IT is exempt from overtime. That's correct, Lucas. Yes. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. And moving on, we're going to give you the numbers. We bail out of here for another week. Thank you so much for all the correspondence and phone calls. You've been great. Here is how you do it. Reaching Leor and his team, one 821 
800-521-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And remember that website, it's free and anonymous to use anytime, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next week here on the Employment Law Show. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.